We've developed a guide for community pharmacy around COVID-19 as a way of helping our members and pharmacies prepare. So preparation is the key in this situation and at this stage of the outbreak. Hi, I'm Claire Bakemer, COVID-19 Response Coordinator at the Pharmacy Guild of Australia, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast. Welcome to the Pharmacy Business and Career Network podcast, brought to you by the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Focusing on pharmacy management and ownership, the PBCN podcast supports the improvement and growth of your business performance with insights and advice from a range of industry professionals. The PBCN Podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. The impact of COVID-19 has been felt on a global scale. The challenges facing healthcare providers are monumental. Once again, community pharmacy finds itself on the front line of an unprecedented response effort. Across Australia, pharmacists and pharmacy staff continue to engage with their communities, local health professionals and primary health networks, supporting patients and playing an active role in the continuously evolving healthcare response. As COVID-19 spreads, community pharmacies remain one of the most accessible destinations for essential needs and health services. This accessibility of community pharmacy means people may present with indications that they have the coronavirus or COVID-19. The novel coronavirus is a highly transmissible virus and those symptoms include fever, cough, sore throat, fatigue and shortness of breath. Pharmacists can minimise the spread of the virus by undertaking a number of specific activities to ensure they support their staff and patients, in particular ongoing care for vulnerable patients or those that are self-isolating will be important. Today, we chat with Claire Bakemer, pharmacist and COVID-19 response coordinator for the Pharmacy Guild of Australia about preparing your pharmacy for COVID-19 and how to respond to a suspected case. Here's Claire. Claire Bakemar, welcome to the show. No doubt you are super busy right now. So thank you so much for finding some time and coming on the show and sharing some really, really important information with our pharmacies. Let's start by reconfirming what the symptoms are of the coronavirus. So the most common symptoms of COVID-19 are fever, fatigue and dry cough. Um, Some patients may um, report having um, aches and pains or nasal congestion, a runny nose, sore throat or even diarrhoea. These tend to be mild and begin gradually. Some infected people are um, totally asymptomatic, um, which is where obtaining travel and contact history is really important. The WHO reports that around one out of every six people actually go on to become seriously ill uh, and develop difficulty in breathing. Well, let's look at that seriously ill angle because pharmacists deal with a large section of the population and everyone's lives are affected right now to various degrees, but not everyone is at the same level of risk of serious infection. So who is at most risk of serious infection? That would be our vulnerable patients um, and our vulnerable community. So people who are immunocompromised, um, our elderly um, patients and family, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, people with chronic medical conditions, um, especially respiratory, um, diabetes, heart, heart conditions. Um, people who live in group residential settings such as aged care facilities um, and even people in detention um, facilities. So Claire, it strikes me as though this is a, a situation where pharmacists, we know they're great at knowing their patients that come in regularly and, and building a rapport and that trust with those people, but 
they may have increased traffic. So this is a really great opportunity for pharmacists to engage in even more conversations with those people that are coming in and, and earmarking and learning more about some of those people who might be in some of those more at risk of serious infection groups, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, as you said, we do know our patients the best. If we can speak to those vulnerable patients and just educate and highlight um, the increased risk that they may be at and what, what mechanisms they can put in place, what strategies they can develop to, to keep themselves um, as safe as possible. We've invited you on the show because community pharmacies, they're in the middle of every community and are one of many people's trusted medical resources that they can access fairly easily, most people. But right now, with the situation changing every day, even every hour, what can pharmacies do to prepare for the coronavirus and put themselves in the best possible position to manage all of this as best they can, not just from a, a trusted community health service perspective, but also from their own internal business continuity perspective, because the two are intrinsically linked. As you've said, things are changing at such a rapid pace. Um, we're constantly updating resources um, and up and our website with um, helpful links um, that as they are developed or shared with us. Um, pharmacies should really take it upon themselves to make sure that they keep up to date too with the advice that's that's being um, given on a <laughs> on a very very regular basis. So we've developed a guide for community pharmacy um, around COVID-19 as a way of helping our, um, our members and pharmacies prepare. Um, so preparation is, is the key in this, in this situation and at this stage of, of the outbreak. So the two key steps in preparing your pharmacy to best handle COVID-19, I suppose, are step one, prepare your pharmacy premises and also prepare your staff. In terms of preparing your pharmacy, um, I suppose we should always make sure that we're following normal infection control protocols um, at all times, but you may need to increase the frequency of cleaning, um, especially in the high touch zones such as counters and, and point of sale areas. Consider how you can promote social distancing in the pharmacy, such as creating clear aisles for patients to wait, or even we're hearing about people um, you know, asking customers to phone ahead um, and or wait in the cars and they can, they can go out and deliver to the car. Um, we're just wanting to minimise the amount of people and the time that they spend in the pharmacy. It does take a little bit of creativity, doesn't it? Absolutely. This is where innovation <laughs> thrives in this environment. So, um, we, you know, we, um, our, our members are just sort of taking on the challenge and, and doing what they can um, when they can. At this stage, pharmacies may wish to consider putting up signs outside the entrance of the pharmacy. And this would be trying to discourage people that are displaying symptoms such as fever, cough, shortness of breath from actually entering the pharmacy in the first place. Um, the sign could direct them to call the pharmacy and speak to the pharmacist over the phone um, for advice or um, it could also refer them to the coronavirus hotline set up by the Department of Health. Uh, you may also have um, signage inside your pharmacy um, that requests for patients to identify immediately to a staff member if they have those relevant symptoms and this will allow the pharmacist to triage um, that person quickly uh, and ask relevant questions about travel and contact history. Uh, pharmacies should also prepare a, a room or a space within the pharmacy where you can isolate a patient um, that is suspected of having um, coronavirus um, as well as their accompanying family or carers that might be with them. 
Um, if you don't have a consultation room or a room, an isolation room available, um, you need to identify an area in your pharmacy where you can keep patients, um, the patient at least two metres from staff and other patients in the pharmacy. And you should cordon off this area when it's in use. The room should be free of clutter if you can um, and non-essential furniture because you will need to decontaminate the area at the end of the consultation. Um, think about how you can support that patient while they're in there, while they're isolated and waiting for further action. So, you know, is there a support pack that you can give them, like make sure there's water or disposable tissues? Um, and think about how they can contact you if they need you. Uh, if they're in a closed room, maybe you give and uh, make sure that there's a phone that they can ring and ask for help if they need to while they're there. Um, and also make sure that there's signage to say that nobody should come in to that area unless approved um, or wearing um, a relevant PPE. Now, in terms of preparing your staff, um, certainly you need to brief them on um, reporting if they have any symptoms or if they've got a travel or contact history um, for COVID-19. Um, it's really important to make sure that they're aware of their role and their responsibility in responding to this situation. And perhaps you might identify a particular staff member to manage the situation. They, anyone dealing with a patient at a time must wear appropriate PPE and staff should be aware of infection control procedures and hand hygiene um, procedures. Claire, there's no doubt that the health system is under stress and it's likely to be placed under more stress as this situation progresses. So there may be some people who present to the pharmacy showing or, or complaining of, of some or all of the symptoms that you outlined at the start. And you spoke about how to prepare your pharmacy just then. But what should the pharmacy do straight away if somebody comes in and they're, they're presenting with those symptoms? Absolutely. Well, a complicating factor is that we're about to head into cold and flu season and the symptoms are relatively similar to that. So in terms of um, triaging and assessment, that's going to be really important. And that's where that travel and contact history comes into place. Uh, and, and that's a rapidly changing environment as well. So we need to keep up to date with the advice from the Department of Health. Um, if you su suspect that you have um, somebody that might have coronavirus, it's really important that you immediately give them a surgical mask um, and the people that they are with, give them a surgical mask and take them to that um, isolated area or room that you've identified in your preparation. Staff dealing with that patient should also wear appropriate PPE. Um, and they should avoid direct physical contact and exposure to the respiratory symptoms or other secretions. Um, you need to then help your patient. Um, you need to help them phone ahead to the GP or to the dedicated respiratory clinic um, to, to organise an assessment and testing if relevant. If they're seriously unwell, I would do what you can to get them to hospital. Um, if, you know, perhaps it is an ambulance or somebody drives them immediately, to, you know, and that's obviously dependent on the, the severity of, of how they present. And obviously every time that we've, um, you know, after we've dealt with a patient, you should always make sure that you remove, or staff should remove their PPE and then wash their hands thoroughly afterwards. So staff have removed their masks, they've washed their hands. What else is there to do? Because that person's now 
come into the store presented with coronavirus symptoms. We think it's serious. We've done what we can. They've now left the pharmacy. The, the staff have sent them away with advice on what to do and, and the next steps. But what do pharmacies need to do in and around the store when the patient has left? As we know, the transmission route is, um, is or mechanism is by droplet. So at the moment, we actually don't know how long um, the virus remains active um, after it lands on a on a um, on a surface. So it could be half an hour and it could be a couple of hours. So we, we're not too sure. So we have to take all precautions. Um, we have to keep that door shut or that area cordoned off. Um, if we can, open windows if our pharmacy has a, has a window. Um, and then we should disinfect um, that area where that patient has been. So all the surfaces, um, you know, the door handles, um, all of that sort of stuff. And the person doing that cleaning should make sure that they're wearing appropriate PPE as well. The waste from, from that cleaning um, should always be put in clinical waste um, or a sealed plastic bag and, uh, and disposed of appropriately. After the clean, have you, after you've conducted the cleaning, um, the areas can be returned to general use immediately. You've made mention of PPE a couple of times so far, and there is a range of protective equipment available, but how can pharmacies actually access it? Who can pharmacies ask about personal protective equipment like masks and things like that? The advice from the Commonwealth is that it's not recommended for people in the community to wear face masks. Masks, However, it is advisable that people suspected of having coronavirus should be isolated and managed for those droplet precautions. Um, healthcare workers with direct patient contact should also wear PPE. So pharmacies can try and access PPE masks from their ordinary suppliers for sale to patients if they need it. Uh, but the, the masks supplied through the national stockpile are only for use for pharmacy staff in contact with suspected cases and those suspected cases and their their family and carers. Uh, it's important that masks are used properly and there is a link to a Department of Health resource on our website that goes through how to fit and remove a surgical mask. But ultimately, in terms of accessing that national stockpile, please contact your local branch, um, your local guild branch, who will be able to coordinate the supply of masks from the national stockpile through the PHN. That is the mechanism, that is the best mechanism to access those uh, masks at the moment. Now, Claire, we pray that it doesn't happen, but what should a pharmacy do if one of their staff are diagnosed with the virus? So the staff member will have to follow the quarantine requirements according to the Department of Health and advised by their medical team after they've um, been diagnosed. Uh, public health authorities may contact you as their employer if a staff member is confirmed to have the coronavirus and you should follow the advice that they provide you at that time. Currently, any person that has had close contact with a confirmed case should self-isolate for 14 days. And your staff should let you know if they develop symptoms during this period. Additionally, staff and especially pharmacists that provide direct patient care should be tested early if they have been in close contact with a confirmed case. 
they're a vital resource <laughs> in, in this um, in this um, pandemic. So we need to make sure that they're they're treated um, or or dealt with as soon as possible. So obviously having to isolate some of your staff will may have a significant impact on your workforce numbers and capability. And that this is where that preparation comes in. Um, it's really important that you're looking at your business continuity plans or your pandemic planning now um, so that you can prepare and plan for um, if that situation does occur. It's an uncertain time. And we all have to manage our lives and the risk, not only in line with government and professional advice and guidelines, and of course, obeying the law, but we also adjust our lives to make us feel as safe as reasonably possible. And that may mean that people don't want to come to work or maybe they're prevented in coming to work for whatever reason. How do pharmacies manage staff who who can't or don't want to come to work? Because it sounds like a really tricky situation. It is, and I think we're getting we're getting lots of queries um, from our members about about how to deal with this situation. Um, so the guild has developed some general workplace relations guidance and advice for members discussing some of these issues. Um, however, every situation is different, and there there will be individual circumstances um, that need to be considered on a case by case basis. So the best advice that we can give you is that you phone your guild branch or speak to a workplace relations specialist to, to seek that specific advice for any queries that you have. Claire, once again, thanks for coming on the show and providing this important information and, and update in what is really trying circumstances for everyone, but certainly a busy time for you. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Daniel. One thing is clear, amidst the pandemic, pharmacies remain resolutely focused on the health and well-being of their communities. This commitment is helping to ensure patients can continue to rely on expert advice and service required in these challenging times. The accessibility, training and versatility of community pharmacy is once again at the forefront of a national healthcare response effort. The Guild is working tirelessly to ensure members have access to reliable, accurate and consistent information. There are resources available to assist you in preparing your pharmacy to respond to the COVID-19 outbreak. And these include checklists, procedures and signage to assist in the management of patient presentation to the pharmacy, business continuity plans and information to ensure the health and safety of staff in the workplace. The resources provided should be used in conjunction with normal pharmacy operating protocols. Members can access information and resources at guild.org.au forward slash resources forward slash business hyphen operations forward slash COVID hyphen 19 hyphen information as well as health.gov.au forward slash resources forward slash collections forward slash novel hyphen coronavirus hyphen 19 hyphen NCOV hyphen resources and finally safeworkaustralia.gov.au forward slash doc forward slash coronavirus hyphen COVID hyphen 19 hyphen advice hyphen employers. The situation is changing rapidly so it is important to stay up to date with the latest official information about the spread of COVID-19 and what steps are being taken. Most importantly please take care of yourself, your families and your staff. Community pharmacy will continue to play a critical role in supporting our community. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and you've been listening to episode 43 of the PBCM podcast. The PBCM podcast, supporting your journey every step of the way. 
for more resources, to access support or advice, or to view this episode's show notes. Visit guild.org.au.